Jen, and today I'm gardening out loud. I am so glad you could join me in the garden this morning. It is a chilly morning. I'm out here with my warm tea in my hands in what looks to be the only break that we're going to have in this very rainy weekend. And you'll hear the birds are also enjoying this break to uh, sing their songs before the rain comes back. Oh, I think that's a woodpecker that just flew by on that tree over there. I can see him crawling up the tree trunk, but he's not close enough that I can tell. I was finishing Jenny O'Dell's wonderful new book, Saving Time, this morning, and I was reading the acknowledgments, and she calls out to um, a fellow bird noticer, and I love that term, bird noticer. There's something about bird watcher that's a little too serious, a little too expensive binoculars and khaki vest kind of thing that doesn't feel as accommodating. But bird noticer, it's very casual. It uh, admits amateurs like me, and I like that. So henceforth, a bird noticer, that's me. Oh, a little sprinkling of rain has just arrived. So you may get some bonus ASMR with this recording. Maybe it'll just add to the atmosphere. It's an interesting day to think about water as it sprinkles down on me and later will cascade down. And uh, I have a couple of rain basins, I guess I would call them, set up in the garden. They are very makeshift. And one of them is simply an old-fashioned recycling bin, the kind that were like low and square, not those big hulking wheelie bins we have now. And uh, I put it beneath where the downspout would be, were it attached, but it's not. And it captures quite a lot of water. I'm walking over to it now. And I simply take my watering can and I gently immerse it in the water to fill it up. And ta-da, rainwater is available. And I do this for a couple reasons. One is simply this kind of permaculture mentality that says, work with the resources you have. And the resources I have are rainwater. So why not channel that? Another reason is that it's good to divert as much rainwater as you can into your garden instead of into the 
drains in the streets because those can get overwhelmed when we have a really heavy rain or a lot of rain. And in an old city like Toronto, we have this combined sewer system and the combined sewer system means that the water that washes through those grates, rainwater, ooh, a siren, you see urban songs, not all bird song. And the water that washes through those grates can be rainwater. It can also be sewer water because they're all going into one tube. And generally all that gets processed by our processing plants that take out human waste and garbage and things of that nature. But if there's too much rain all at once, the water has to be diverted because the system can't handle it and you would end up with backed up water in your homes and people would be not a fan of that. And so it just gets uh, released into Lake Ontario. So all that unfiltered sewage water just out into Lake Ontario. So not ideal, frankly, quite upsetting. And so uh, whenever there's a big rainfall, the less water that your house can contribute to it, the better. The third reason is that in Toronto, we treat our water with chloramine, which is a bit different than chlorine, it actually persists longer in the water. And generally this is good from a public health standpoint. We don't want, you know, these old diseases that took down whole cities. However, from the perspective of your soil life, as I learned from compost farmer, Sean Smith, um, this is not great for your soil life because chloramine's purpose is to eliminate bacteria and microorganisms. And those are generally the kinds of things that we want to encourage in our soil for a healthier, more robust soil. So again, rainwater is a way to go around this problem. Right now, my catchment bin is already full because it's been rainy already. And so I'll probably try and empty some of that into the garden let the plant roots from around my deeper rooted plants, let them take it up. And then hopefully make space in the barrel, well, the bin for more water. The best way to do this, of course, is to have a rain barrel, which generally, you know, can collect larger amounts of water. They have little spouts you can turn on and off. Um, and they also have screens so bugs can't get in. My main risk is that uh, mosquitoes will come into mine and reproduce and we don't want that again public health so i make sure to have my barrel be completely empty every three days in mosquito season to try and invent that but if you have a closed off system for your rain barrel with screens that's not a problem rain is fairly steady now. Oh, hello, Mr. Robin. Welcome. I just noticed, I think, a nest up in my Manitoba maple here. And it looks like a nest from here. And that's kind of heartening because, as I mentioned, this is not 
a tree that I'm a big fan of. But it is really nice to see it playing a little role in the ecosystem. So what else happened this week? Well, in big news, I harvested a single stalk of asparagus. <laughs> the asparagus plant is just beginning. We're at the beginning of asparagus season here in Ontario. And uh, I only have one plant, which is not ideal, but it gives us some asparagus every year, which I usually supplement with farmed asparagus. But it's still a wonderful plant to see do its thing. It happens very early and of course, fresh asparagus. I mean, kind of unbeatable. If you want to grow asparagus, you often start with crowns, which are really kind of a desiccated piece of like, it looks like a root. Um, and these you buy and uh, put in the ground. You could do that now. But asparagus is a long game and you're not harvesting for three years. This plant is about seven years old. And uh, my friend who I gardened with, she brought it home from a farm where she was volunteering. We planted it. And if I did it again, maybe I would plant more so that we could actually get an appropriate harvest for two people. But that being said, an asparagus plant does take up a lot of room in the garden. You think, oh, asparagus aren't very tall. But those tight little stalks of asparagus, they have those tips. And those tips eventually open out to create this amazing fern-like plant that is almost as tall as me. And if you want your asparagus to grow and thrive and store energy in its roots for next year so you can eat more stalks, you have to let that happen. And so actually it ends up occupying quite a lot of space in the garden. And then it means it can shade out other things, etc. So in an ideal world, one would have a dedicated asparagus bed where it can do its thing altogether. You don't have to worry about it shading other plants. But as we know, the world is not ideal. And so I have my one asparagus plant and you know, he's pretty good. Have you heard the rain increasing? I'm going to leave this recording a little wet. I can tell you though, the spring garden looks pretty great in this weather. The tulips are, more of them are starting to color. Their buds are turning the color they're going to be. And that makes it a great time to pick them if you're picking tulips. So if you want them to last the longest in the vase, then you want to pick them when the buds are still closed, but they have color. The other thing is that if you want your tulips to come back, you want to make sure that you leave some leaves for them to gather energy with, because like so many plants, they need those leaves to photosynthesize, to store all that energy in their bulbs. 
and then to bloom next year. Not all tulips reliably come back, but some like the Darwin varieties, the Triumph varieties, they're more likely to come back. And so if that's important to you, when you pick your tulips next year, that's the thing to look for. I still have some daffodils going over here and some muscari and some fritillaries I am hoping are going to bloom. This is my first time growing them. What's really coming in now are, is the lemon balm. Mmm. It smells so good to crush a lemon balm leaf in your hands. And before too long, I'll be clipping some and drying it for tea. Although you can make it fresh too. You don't need to dry it before you use it. Right now I could make a great tea out of this lemon balm and the plentiful mint that is happening around here. Uh, and if I wanted to be fancy, I could throw in a few violet flowers and then have a kind of bluish tea, which based on the weather might be advisable after I finish recording. But you know, it's not the worst standard in the rain. It feels like spring. It smells like earth. And don't feel like you just have to stay inside all weekend. Or I suppose by the time you hear this, the next time we have these long rainy days. Because it's still pretty beautiful out here. And there's something really soothing about the sound of rain. Well, I think I'm going to go in and dry off a little. But I'm so glad that you could go on this little rainy meander with me. And... I'll be back next week to see what we can discover. Take care.